I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Confessions of two podcasters who recorded an episode from a long time ago, but it's such a good episode. So we did do this episode with Brad a while back. You know what though? When I was editing it, I'm like, this was such a good episode. And I'm mm. so glad it's like coming out to the world. It might be a year ago. We're usually pretty timely on yeah. episodes. This one though, like the topic is relevant anytime, right? Yeah. It's not like it needs to be to you guys tomorrow or right. a major trend is going to change, right? Right. We're basically talking about age and feeling too old to date. And mm-hmm. the fact we talked to Brad, who is a man, I feel like we have this perception that it's only a woman right. thing, that we have a biological clock. But he was like, anyone that lies and doesn't feel like age factors in is kidding themselves. Yeah, exactly. I 
I think age plays into so much of it because now with online dating, you also see that your choices go down as you age. Yeah, I mean, you see people that are like flat out putting like thirty nine. Yeah, and then in their profile, like actually, I'm forty five because they don't want that cutoff. And same with like thirty, thirty four to thirty five, like all those cutoffs. I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I saw a major drop off when I turned thirty five.、Mm. I remember dating at thirty three, thinking, "Oh my gosh, there's so many options." Because thirty three is actually a pretty hot age. Yeah, because <laughs> you can do like late twenties, and then you can do thirties and forties. Yeah, but somehow thirty five for a woman, you just I don't know. I mean, I definitely feel like lately it's been a bit of a drop off.、Mm-hmm. I think I actually maybe experienced it more going from thirty five to thirty six. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. I don't know either. I de- but definitely your options are less. I guess it's not a terrible thing because you don't actually want as many options as you get older. I feel like that was always that stereotypical thing. Like as you get older, you have less options. Everyone's married、mm-hmm. and settled down. But I think also now with so many people getting divorced. Like、yeah, the, they come like back. It's like revitalized. <laughs> they、yeah. come back. I remember I was out to dinner with some guys, and one of them said he was recently divorced. So he got back on the apps, and he recognized some of the women from before he was divorced. Yeah, he's like, oh,、wow. we've come full circle. I remember her from seven years ago. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something. There's like a mental thing, and I think we talk about this in the episode of、mm. you're never too old to date, right? But there's something about feeling like dating is for people that are in their like teens and twenties、right. and younger adulthood. There is that shift. I think when you end a relationship and you go back on a dating app, and you're、mm-hmm. like, "So I'm back here again," you know? <laughs> yeah, it's that feeling of. Calling someone boyfriend or girlfriend seems so juvenile. Yeah, and when you are, I guess, forty five, fifty five, and trying to look for a boyfriend, you're kind of like, "Am I supposed to be at this stage in my life right now?" There's a lot of questioning. But wherever you are is where you're supposed to be. I mean, as、yeah. cheesy as that saying is, it, if you are dating, then you are supposed to be dating at this phase. It's not too young or too old. Agreed. I think though. It's like as much as you don't want to feel this way, I like to not try to be positive about it. But there is pressure the older you get,、mm-hmm. and I think that isn't completely going away, even in new age society and all that. Because I think when you're younger, everyone's kind of at the same stage. Like they're in your twenties,、yeah. you just got out of college. Everyone's figuring out life, moving、yeah. to the same first apartment, first job. First relationship, all like、yeah. first serious relationship, whatever it is, and then when you're like thirties, there's a lot you, of disparity. Yeah, and then I think you start to play the comparison game again.、Mm-hmm. Not saying you should, but I think it's human nature. It was actually refreshing that Brad called it out on this episode. It was like, look, like I'm not going to say I don't feel that way because I do, and I think、mm-hmm. that's just natural. And it's the pressures that we put on ourselves. Yeah, it's that internal dialogue that I have a hard time shedding for sure. Oh my god! And yeah, and media keeps feeding into it. I never in my teens thought I would be where I am today in my late thirties. No, I remember also like my my therapist. I remember talking to her about this because I had come out of a really serious relationship that I was devastated about.、Mm-hmm. And of course, when you're coming out of that, you it was the year that I had like ten weddings that I was in.、Mm-hmm. So I'm like. Perfect timing, you know, to be reminded every time.、And、I remember being like, "Oh my god, I really can't believe I'm going to my cousin's wedding. I'm like the oldest of、mm. all of us, and I'm the only one that's not settled down." Like that was the mindset. 
mindset I was in. I'm like, my youngest cousin is getting married before me. It was just, I think it was like a tough time in my life, right? Just everything compounded. And I remember my therapist being like, look, no one, no one cares about you. Like they're not looking at you. Like (laughs) you have in your head that everyone's like, oh my God, you're the one person that's not married. She's still single. Mm -hmm. She's like, no one else is probably thinking about that. They're probably thinking about like, where's the buffet line? (laughs) (laughs) No, where's the open bar? That's what they care about. Like they don't stop watching 27 dresses. (laughs) Some of it, so much of it is internal though. It is so internal, but I will say this as because I am older than you, Julie, by a few years, but so much wiser, so much wiser, but I will speak to you from the future. I really think in my early 30s, I felt like I was in this race to get married and not Mm -hmm. that I, I was pressuring myself to do so, but every time one of my friends would get married. Mm. I just kept yep. thinking I was getting left behind. Yes. And it's a Me too. It's a it's this like very lonely, um, isolating feeling and to to see your friends move forward in their lives and to f- somehow feel like you're not catching up to them. Mm-hmm. But I will say now in my late 30s and approaching 40, I no longer see marriage as the end goal. I no longer compare myself to that because I've seen, one, seen so many marriages fail. Right. And two, for some reason, the veil has been, no pun intended, but the veil has been (laughs) lifted from this enigma of marriage that I no longer crave it or need it or feel like I need to achieve it. Yeah. And it's refreshing. Yeah. And we talk about it in this episode too. It's like if you got married at 25 and now you're back in the dating scene at 40 because you've been divorced, Mm -hmm. you're really in a no different place than someone that's been single. You just have different life experience. Right. Right. It's like we always do the sliding doors example, that movie, but it's like you could take two different paths and end up in the same exact place. End up in the same fucking place. But wherever, again, wherever you are right now is where you're supposed to be and if you're dating you're dating that's cool like don't put so much pressure on yourself to think that that age is playing into this whole thing exactly and i think we actually pointed out and we're gonna get to the episode so you'll hear it all (laughs) but i think we pointed out too like brad at the end was like i actually wouldn't have had all the experiences i did if Mm -hmm. i was married if i was having children at x age you sometimes you have to just be grateful of what life has given you, not look at what hasn't worked out for you. And what's even more refreshing is listen to our episode with Inez, dating across oh, ages, yeah. dating at 72 and experiencing the exact same things that we're currently experiencing I know. at any age. And also when we went to Phoenix, our audience Many of them were women who had been divorced and they were in their 60s. And a lot of them didn't want to look for that end goal of marriage anymore. They were kind of in the mindset of, I just want to have fun dating and enjoy myself. And why can't we have that mindset now? Just make dating fun. I know that's actually fascinating because you is referencing a live show that we did Mm -hmm. in Phoenix. And it was interesting because their mindset was like a 20 year old mindset. 20 year old, it kind of like, I just want to be in the moment. I want to meet fun people and I want to have fun with them. Do you think it's because you've already had that and you've realized that it's not be all and end all? Personally, for me, I think about this all the time. As much as I don't think marriage is an end-all be-all, I want to experience it Mm. in life as much as I want to experience when I climbed Kilimanjaro. Mm. It's an experience that I would like to have in my lifetime. Yeah. And once you achieve it or not achieve it, but once you have the experience, 
maybe you just have a totally different mindset about love and relationships. Yeah, all this age stuff is so fascinating. Yeah. I feel like we have touched this in different ways in different seasons. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking about like the Eternal Bachelor. I know. I think about him all the time, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to? Are you still partying till yeah. nine a.m.? We never see him during the day, which just, is when we're up. We just like go outside for whatever club he would go to and just like wait there at 6 a.m. We'll just be like getting up to like start our day and he's going to be, what do you say, 9 a.m. he partied to? Yeah, this guy's approaching 50. So this is a tangent, but, but it is <laughs> worth you, being If you discussed. haven't listened to this episode that Julie's referencing, you have to because he is this eternal bachelor approaching 50 and still partying till 9 a.m., and wants a 25 year wants old. Wants a 25. Yeah, but exactly. But I think that's the part I'm like, I guess I'm thinking about is that's what makes it tough, especially for women. But it sounds like Brad also has the same concerns on this episode. For sure. But it's like there's that message that's in your mind that you're undesirable at a certain age. Yeah. And I think like we did get some people reaching out about Michael's episode too. You know, it's like, it's interesting to hear that perspective, but it's also freaking annoying because yes. you're like, oh, well, more pressure. Yeah, exactly. But I think the reason we wanted to is it's a reality and people do think that way. Yeah. And how do we make it that they don't, I don't know if we can. I don't, you just, you have to change your narrative somehow. Yeah. And, you, and the only way to change your narrative is to hear fresh perspectives. I remember I was 25 years old working at an ad agency and I was crushing on this guy so hard. And one day we were out, I don't know, at a bar, I'm sure. And he says something like, the woman who, who's made the most lasting impression on me is this really amazing 40-year-old woman who is just so womanly and knows herself well. And you know she's had, she's experienced life. And that's, that's my ultimate girl. She's my dream yeah. girl. And I was 25 years old. And this guy's like, nope, I'm pining <laughs> over this 40-year-old. So that's a fresh perspective because now I think back to that comment you know, and I just think, well, that's my narrative now. I'm a, almost being a 40-year-old woman with a lot of life behind me already. Yeah. And I am very confident as a woman. I just thought of remember um, back in the day for all the OG dateable listeners when we had Michael <laughs> Vargas as a co-host. Remember one of his stories, The Mushroom Trick? Yeah. It was all about his love for like a 40-year-old. And yes. I think that's a really good point because you can listen to the Michaels or you can listen to the other Michael. <laughs> Oh, Michael and Michael. Yeah, but I think it's it's choosing what you're focused on because mm. I think like I sometimes am guilty that I will gravitate. I think it's human nature that you have a narrative and you're trying to find proof points like to support it. Mm -hmm. So you've heard all this time, the older you get, the harder it is and all this stuff. Maybe it's the challenge is to look and see what other narratives you're skimming over because totally. they don't fit that story. And also as we get older, we have to be really happy about the fact that now some things don't matter anymore. Right. And then we can, we can relook at how we approach dating. For example, dating apps. In the beginning, like if you're oh, yeah. in your early 20s or even late 20s, you want as many matches as possible. You're swiping all the time. You're anxious about it. But I think as we get older, how we use dating apps is very different. For sure. I, I feel like when I reached 35, I kind of thought, well, I don't want as many options on dating apps because 
I just don't want to think about it that much, and I and I don't have the time to waste on people yeah. who are not accountable for their own actions. I agree with that. I think I'm very much like I'm quicker to meet now because I just don't have the time to talk to someone. You're really like, good at taking things IRL. Well, it's that, or I'm never going to meet them because yeah. it's like I've had people that are like, "Let's chat for three weeks." I'm like, "No, like we're no. not going to learn if we like each other." I agree. Like you want to learn. A little about them before you meet up, but mm-hmm. like there's a line. But I think that's actually a good segue to our partner for this episode.、Woo. Super excited about this, but we are partnering with Flutter dating apps, a new、mm. d- dating app on the scene.、Mm-hmm. And I think what's really cool about them, I actually tried it out the other day, and it was super fun because it contains it to just Sundays、mm. that you get your matches, and you can chat with them only on Sunday. And the idea is. That you don't have this like lag. It's like you get in, get, make it happen. I love this idea of Flutter because I think one, you're organizing your focus、yeah. on just that one day, so then you don't have to think about the rest of the、no. week. Like, forget it. This, that you take one day out to focus on dating. Sunday is the perfect day、really、too,、is. because it's like I've tried to make dates on Sunday, and it's always really tough because、mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I just want to like. I don't know, lay and watch TV、yes. before the week starts. But、relax. you can just be on your app. That's easy. Good、right. job for Flutter for coming out with something new. Yeah, well, I'm excited to try to get it on a Sunday. But I'd love to hear other、mm-hmm. of our listeners' experiences. So you can download it in the App Store right now on iOS right now,、mm-hmm. and they're currently only in SF currently. Bay Area. Bay Area.、Yeah. Sorry, Bay Area <laughs> currently, but they are going to be expanding. So if you can't download today, remember it. Perfect, <laughs> Flutter. Download it now. And、uh, Brad, should we introduce who Brad yeah, is? He, let's、right. get let's, let's get, get to, to our conversation with Brad. He is、uh, he currently lives in New York City, originally from Detroit. He is thirty five, but we recorded this so long ago. He might be forty five. No, he's probably thirty six. Brad's eighty. How much have you aged? At the time we recorded, he was dating someone, but didn't define the relationship yet. So hopefully by now they've defined the relationship in either direction. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he also does a podcast called Too Old to Date,、mm. which is where this all stemmed from. It's a scripted comedy podcast about dating. I just want to add this one last thought I had because someone told me this a while ago after they they gave birth and they were saying, <laughs> okay, this is this is related to aging and and just aging in general. Have you noticed as you get older, the days seem shorter and your time just flies by, like your、yeah. your years、yeah. become shortened. Well, there's a reason for that because how you perceive time is relative to how long you've been alive.、Hmm. So think about a baby. Interesting, like a one year old baby. Another year is their whole lifetime. They're just—they've only experienced a year. So if they experience another year, that seems like a lifetime because they've only been alive、that、for a year. Fascinating, right? So as we get older, we feel like time goes so fast. So we feel like we need to like get more things done. Or sometimes we're like, "Don't waste my time," because my time is more、mm. precious. And that's actually—it's not just a perception. It's how—it's true. It's actual. So we should think about that as aging and dating too. It's like. Cut out the bullshit, because you、right. your time is flying by. Right. Yeah. Was that a mic drop? That was a mic drop. <laughs> Turn it to Brad. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get to Brad. We've talked about men 
dating in New York. Remember those episodes, Julie? Oh, yeah. Where we had a few guests <laughs> who came on and they would do that like location swiping. They're in San Francisco <laughs> and they change their location to New York and swipe for women in New York, line them up in their pipeline, go to New York and date their asses off. Our guest today has a different side of the story. He lives in New York and is going to tell us all about what it's like dating there, especially as a 35-year-old. So, Brad, you still there? I'm still here. Is 35 exceptionally old for y'all? Uh, no, we're, not, we're like the same age, but okay, you've got cute. the podcast too old to date. So that's why we're going to hear from you if it's too old. You're a geriatric, okay? We've got a geriatric on the phone from New York. We've got The Brad nursing here. homes are filled with syphilis. That is a fact, by the way. That is a true thing. Brad is also the creator of the scripted comedy podcast, Too Old to Date, where it takes us through the dating lives of Michael and Bradley. Would you be Bradley, Brad? That's that's yeah, me. We really stretched for characters on this <laughs> one. <laughs> so it follows these two 35-year-old men dating in New York. Michael is recently divorced and Bradley had a relationship in his 20s, both of their first time really dating in their mid-30s, hence the podcast name. <laughs> so let's talk about that. How is your character similar to Bradley's character? When we started the show, it was pretty much like beat for beat what's happening in our dating lives, or at least when we started writing the show. So the process of making an episode of Tool to Date is kind of a long and painful one from like beginning to write a script to getting it produced and out takes takes a, quite a bit of time to the point that like what was happening when we wrote the episode is definitely not happening anymore. <laughs> so uh, in the beginning, the character was of, of Bradley and the character of Michael were exactly what was going on. And by the time we were actually airing the show, uh, Mike was already in another relationship um, and I was dealing with like a different slate of people than I was when the show started. So I've listened to a couple episodes. I really love it. And I think one thing that is really interesting to me, because obviously I have more of a woman's perspective in dating, but it seems like both of your characters have a lot of challenges kind of with women responding and actually showing up for dates. Is this something that you experience in your dating life in New York? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, flaking is a huge problem, I think, probably anywhere. I, I, I don't date anywhere else, so I don't know. But I think getting anyone to show up, but also from, from my female friend's point of view, getting people to just commit to a date is really tough. And the amount of points of contact you have to have between when you first started speaking to someone and actually meeting them face to face. It's insane how many times you have to chat and follow up and make sure that it's still happening while at the same time not seeming too overeager and, and spoiling the whole thing before it, before it even takes off. Uh, yeah, it's a huge problem. Now, Mike has actually been stood up a few times, which was the basis of, I think, the first or second episode mm -hmm. storyline. Thankfully, that's never happened to me. The <laughs> first, The first online date I ever tried to go on when I moved to New York. She canceled on me as I was putting my shoes on. So at least I never left my apartment. Well, at least you had some time. <laughs> right. 30 whole minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, right. So I think like she was really cutting it close, but I've never had to like suffer the embarrassment of showing up somewhere and having the other person not show up. Uh, and he had. And I thought that was fascinating because to me that had only happened in TV shows. I couldn't imagine that happening in real life. When he told me that really happened to him, I was like, yeah, that's we're doing that one right away. How well, many times did that happen to him? Like It happened once? to him twice in one week. Oh, damn. So we, we only talked about it once in the show, but it happened to him twice in the same week. He was coming out of a marriage and was like, I think <laughs> trying to go out with as many people as he could. And he really ran into 
a lot of terrible problems. When yeah, was he like dating. wanting to get back with his ex-wife by then? I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> sometimes it, it, those thoughts could cross your mind. The backslide is very dangerous, but I don't think that ever happened to him. I feel like I've talked to a lot of male friends and they've said that flaking is a very real Huge, thing. Yeah. Like they are never sure like until day yeah. of that that person, like not even day of, like hour before that that person is going to show up. It's tough when you've never met someone like this, like in this For situation. Sure. I think a lot of people do this where we're, at, we're to a point where people are making multiple dates in a day. Mm. Yeah. Or even even short of doing that, there maybe there's someone that they like already that they've been on a few dates with and you're the hedge date. Right. You're the like, I'm feeling insecure, so I'm just going to make this date for that date. And that, you, you know, like any kind of thing where you're a contingency plan or you're like number two on a on a list, it's, you're very likely to get canceled on. So yeah. I, I just feel like it's just being disrespectful of other people's time because they're trying to optimize their own time. Right. But end of the day, I, I believe in karma. Whatever goes around comes around and these people sure. will learn their lesson. So in my intro, I talked about these uh, two male guests who came on our show who talked about dating in New York and how wonderful it was and how the dating scene in San Francisco couldn't even compare. What would you say to these guys? Like, How would you describe the New York dating scene from a male's perspective? So they were saying that the New York dating scene was so much better than the San Francisco dating yes, scene? Yes. So I'll give you a couple bullet points. They said that women take better care of their looks. So they put put in more effort on dates. They're more aggressive. And also there's just more women. So I think all of that sounds kind of gross. Gross? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like a little gross. I don't know. Maybe just I'm, I'm hearing it in the context of I just came from a dinner party that was like all women and... <laughs> Um, so everything dudes say sounds gross to me right now. Um, <laughs> oh, trust but, me, uh, this, this episode did not get good reception. So. Yeah, yeah, I bet. You're probably no, but, spot on. <laughs> but but point for point, I, I, I doubt very much that women take better care of their looks in any one city than another. I mean, I'm sure there's like differences in culture between like a rural area and urban area, suburban area. But I think people in cities are generally pretty image conscious. There's a lot of people around. I think here you'll meet people who are both aggressive and not aggressive. Every every kind of person is here. I, I haven't noticed there to be any kind of theme. I'm sure if you date people who are like, let's say you have a type of woman that you like or a type of man that you're into, you're probably going to find that they're more of one way or the other. But if you're just open to meeting people in general, I don't think New York has any specific kind of person. And then that third point that there are more women, that's um, it is statistically true that there's more women than men here, but you're not trying to date every woman in New York and every woman's not trying to date every man in New York. Right. You're only trying to date people in like your age group and people that you're attracted to and might be attracted to you. And that probably is pretty even on a male to female ratio. How would you describe the New York dating scene then? It's just too many people. So because of that, everyone flakes and mm. everyone's like quickly onto the next and there's not a lot of room for error. Um, and because of that, I think a lot of people, when they date for any given amount of time, they burn out. So I'll meet people who are either just having met someone and are getting into something and they're really excited. And I'm like, Oh, I'm excited to watch that other shoe drop. Or you'll mm -hmm. meet people who uh, have just been on like 12 bad dates in two weeks. Wow. Um, and then they're burned out and then they won't do anything for a while. Uh, so it's, it is, I do think it's getting harder and harder because people are pretty cynical because of the amount of folks here who are doing it. But I'm sure because of that, there, there's probably a bit of a backlash coming soon like a let's all get off dating apps kind of situation. I think it's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. 
This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But you talk about, so you are 35 years old dating now. When was your last serious relationship? Um, It ended uh, four years ago. 
I was 31. And in your 20s, did you have a lot of relationships or did you date Seri- a lot then? Serial monogamy all the way through. Wow. Before this one ended, did you do any sort of online dating? Well, a lot of them I met through online dating, but I feel like, so I moved to New York 11 years ago and online dating then was sort of still embarrassing. So mm. people who did it were pretty like loyal. Um, <laughs> someone who was like, we're all in this together. So yep. we're going to make this thing work. The first two girls that I dated both for a couple of years I met um I met online what site uh, the first one was jade eight okay not not j swipe like an actual website that you yep. had to go on and pay oh, we for. know jade eight and then after that it was oh my god do I not remember that's embarrassing I actually don't remember the app that I met the the next one on uh, but we were together for quite a while and then after that, I dated someone who I met through a friend and got to feel normal for a little bit. How different do you think dating is in your 20s versus your 30s? It's hard to say. I think it's a matter of perception. Like, honestly, there's probably no actual difference except you have all the experience built up from your 20s and all mm. you know the mistakes you've made and you know the mistakes uh, or the red flags that you can't handle from other people. But aside from that, for me, it's just how much am I going to let being in my 30s make me self-conscious about, um, you know, like how how far along I am in a relationship or how quickly I want the relationship to move or... Um, Wait, let's talk more about that. Do you yeah. feel that age pressure? Not as much. My my mom said something very nice to me when my youngest sister got married last summer. I was like, Ma, uh, you know, all your friends, a lot of the people who grew up in my hometown stay in my hometown. And then they get, so they get married. They settle down pretty quickly as as hometown people tend to do. And I said, you know, is it, is it embarrassing to you at all that all your friends' kids are married and, and I'm not? And she's like, oh no, you skipped your first divorce. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> and that takes a ton of the pressure off. Plus both my sisters or one of my sisters has a kid already. My dad, I was the only boy, but my dad decided that he would just get married again and he had another son. So there's someone to carry on the family name if I don't do it. So I lucked out in that regard. My parents are pretty chill about that kind of thing. But I think about it more in terms of like, when I think about dating, it's our women thinking about that in terms of, do they really want old sperm for their babies? Do people, Um, I mean, have you heard that from women or this is just in your head? It's probably a combination of like, not what Mm. I hear from women who I'm actually going out with, but what I hear from like my friends and my female friends and their anxieties about their age Mm. and how, and like reasons they might not date much older, uh, although they're my age, so they're dating older than me, but, but not very much. So I don't think about it in terms of like where I'm at now, but like, should this relationship that that I'm in now not work out? (laughs) What happens next? So what are some of the things that they say about dating older men? I mean, so I think there's an appeal to it in terms of just you're dating someone who has more experience experience. But there is some of like, so I've never been engaged. I've never been married. When my writing partner, Mike was dating, I think there were some women who, who liked the fact that he'd been divorced because, because he had the experience of, of being married. It showed Mm. some level of maturity. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of people being like, Oh, he was divorced. He has baggage. But if you meet Mike, you can see he doesn't have baggage. So it just seems like he went through this experience that probably taught him a lot, which is true. And probably why he got He's already married again now. Oh, he um, is? Wow. Yeah, and, and he just had a baby a couple months ago. Wow. Yeah, he really did it fast. But do you think about age when you're dating? Like, Do you look at a girl's age and think, oh, she is too old or she's too young? Yeah, I really don't. I, I know I, I do think that, that men do in general, but, but I, I really don't. And I think it's because I could go either way on kids. Like I, I would like kids, but I don't see it as being the end of the world if I don't have them. Hmm. That gives me a bit of relief in terms of that too. Although the woman I'm seeing now is 29, so maybe I'm maybe I'm being hypocritical when I say that and not practicing what I preach. But why? In what way? 
And that like, she's of an age where like I I'm dating someone where time is not really an issue. There's a decent amount of time there to, oh, to let she has some runway. Out. Okay. Right. Got it. Got it. So I guess like, are you feeling pressure? Is it more just like, if this doesn't work out, I'm wasting time. Yeah. I, I do think about that anytime I start to get in, into something with anyone, but then it doesn't actually affect my actions all that much. Or maybe it does, you know? No, it definitely doesn't. Because in the last, I would say two or three years, anyone that I've really liked, the the extra curriculars about them, the age, where they're from, what kind of person they are, like it faded away if I had feelings for them. It didn't really matter. So any pressure I feel is more about uh, a little voice in my head saying, if this doesn't work, uh, you're going to be a, a calendar year older when it's when you're done with mm. this. And who are you going to be appealing to when really like there's no reason to worry about that, especially here, because there's so many people, someone will like you. That's interesting that you have those thoughts as a male. Yeah, I think that anyone who tells you they don't is lying or a sociopath. How? Uh, what are you looking for? Are you looking for marriage? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I definitely want a long term partner. So it sounds like you've always been relationship minded, being a serial monogamous for over a decade. Do you feel sometimes that maybe you want to go the complete opposite and just be a serial dater for a while? Well, no, because so before I started dating um, this person, I I was through no, not intentionally, but I was single for three years uh, and I was dating a ton in those three years. I, and while on the one hand, it was nice to have that kind of independence. It's very lonely. And I think I'm the kind of person who who sort of like leans towards the, if it's been, you know, six months and I haven't had any kind of significant relationship, it starts to feel like, oh my God, that's probably not going to happen again. Or, oh my God, that's a real big hole that's missing. So no, I think, nah, I've had the the, the dating experience and the, the thought of like dating a ton of people doesn't excite me at all anymore. Okay. So 31 was your last serious relationship. And then from there until this current person that you're dating, but haven't defined yet, you've been single. Yeah. Just some like little two to three, like one to three month stingers in there. Why do you think none of those got past the one to three month mark? I think it's a variety of reasons. I mean, in one case, it was just the person who I had the most feelings for before this one. It was chasing someone because I had it in my head that it was a good idea and she clearly didn't. Um, I was actually a guest on a podcast the day after she broke up with me. And I've like gone back and listened to that interview a couple of times and, and thought to myself, dude, that was so dumb. Like she was so clearly not that into you from the beginning and you just chased and chased. So that was an, an instance of like just seeing what I wanted to see and trying to force something that wasn't there. And then in other cases, it was uh, I would go out with someone a few times who seemed like, oh, 15 year old Brad would be really proud of you for dating this person. Um, <laughs> but but 15 year old Brad doesn't know anything. So stop yeah. trying to impress him. It's hard to put time around dating you and, we're, and I were just having this conversation. Like if you see someone once every couple weeks versus consistently a couple times a week, it's very different. But I feel like especially as you get a little older, sometimes things don't make it past like a month or three months. So like, there's kind of like a few of these like milestones that happen because I think, and again, I'm not speaking for everyone, but a lot of us that are looking for something more long-term kind of know at a certain point if this is something worth pursuing. Yeah, for sure. 
also momentum is such a big part of it. Like just like what you were saying, if you don't hit those milestones at the right time, it's going to stop. And the other piece about dating when you're in your 30s, I think that's different than dating when you're in your 20s, at least if you've had a lot of experience dating in your 20s, is that you have certain things that you want to happen. So it's like, oh, I went on that first trip with my girlfriend or boyfriend uh, after like two months and that really solidified our relationship. Why hasn't that trip come up in this relationship? Or like I met their folks after three months, they're, I'm not even close to that with this person. Oh, because you have these benchmarks. Do you think that's a dangerous way to look at it, though? Let's take a breather for our sponsor, Generation Tux. We've talked to enough guys to know how much of a headache it could be to find a tux for a special event. For all you grooms to be out there, I feel like society has neglected your needs for so long because we've been so focused on the bride. Now with Generation Tux, you no longer have to think too much about your tux for the big day. You simply create your look online, including your groom's party, and everything arrives within 14 days of your big day at your doorstep. Generation Tux offers free home try-on program for grooms. You can get free swatches delivered straight to your door. And after the big event, you just put everything back in the box and use the prepaid label to drop off at UPS. Free shipping, free swatches, free home try-on. Now you can save time and money with Generation Tux. Check out generationtux.com slash dateable and use the promo code dateable for 10% off your entire groom's party. Again, that's generationtux.com slash dateable and check out with the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off. Now back to this episode. Do you think that's a dangerous way to look at it though? Like 100%. 100%. It's a terrible way to look at it. I do think it's a little bit unavoidable. I I compare it to this. I've I've met a lot of people who say to me, I want to have the lifestyle and give my children the lifestyle that I had when I was growing up. Clearly these are people who had like a nice upbringing. And I think that's dangerous too, because it sets up like in what might be an unrealistic expectation for your future happiness. And I think people do that with relationships too, where they think, okay, I was in this thing for three years and two of those years were really great. And I'd like to get back to what made me feel good in those first two years and avoid what happened in the third year. Super dangerous, not smart, but a little bit maybe like part of human nature. Mm. So do you have a timeline? No, no. I mean, not, not one that I'd like say out loud because I don't want to admit to myself that, that, that that's a thing. So let's say you're close to 50 and still single. Well, what's the alternative? Like, let's say I'm 50 and still single. Like, I'm not going to jump off a bridge. <laughs> you know, like you, you, you just, you just have to deal. Right. And that's, that's the other piece. It's like, you don't get to control what happens to you. So when I meet, like, especially we've been talking a bit about, about a woman's timeline, when I meet women who are older and have sort of come to terms with the fact that kids probably aren't in their future, I really respect that and think it's great when they, when they're just like, this is the life I'm having now. These are the cards I was dealt. It doesn't happen for everyone. So let's move forward. So I try to think about that. I, I like hearing what people think is different about dating in their age range right now versus 10 years ago. I think about the difference for me of dating in my 30s. I'm in my late 30s and Mm -hmm. dating in my 20s is I feel like in your 20s, everyone's still like kind of in the same category in Mm. terms of like, you're making similar kind of money, you're in a similar um, stage in your career, similar stage in your personal life. Like you kind of start at the same line. And then in your 30s, that's when you see drastic differences in people's lives. You see people with like five kids all of a sudden yep. and people mm-hmm. with no kids or people who are divorced, people who their careers have catapulted. And I, I think there's just more diversity of people in this age range. So in your 20s, you kind of date like 
the same people. But in mm. your 30s, I feel like I encounter different people. Interesting. I think for me, it would be that in my 20s, I just didn't think about things. Mm. Like I wasn't, I was kind of more go with the flow. And honestly, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I think in some ways, it's a really great thing to let things like naturally develop and not put these timelines like, oh, I didn't go on vacation with them mm-hmm. in month one, something's doomed. Like, I think that is a little dangerous. But at the same time, if you don't have any like goals that you're going for or like a vision, things can just kind of like not go anywhere. So I felt like in my 20s, I was kind of like all party and fun and take things as they go. And then like, you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm 30. And like, people are having children. So it's like, it's a different situation, I think. And I think now I'm a little, for better or worse, a little more calculated if I don't see something progressing then I may push back on it or end it. Do you guys ever think about this? Like in my 20s, when I envisioned someone in their 30s, one, they were fucking old. Yeah. And two is (laughs) I just assumed they're married with kids, right? So I just assumed that in my 30s, I'd be married with kids. I didn't know what my roadmap looked like. But you just assume that's what your life would be. And I woke up one day at 35. I remember at 35 and I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, how did I get here? Not that I don't love my life, but it's like, how did I get here? I don't remember. No. For sure. It's, I remember like when I was like, in my mid, even late 20s, if my female friends were dating a guy who was in his mid 30s, I'd be like, well, what's wrong with him? Right. Clearly, there's, like, some now you're like, nothing's defect. wrong. <laughs> right. Now you're like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean there's something wrong with them? I don't want to take people in their 20s out of my age range, out of dating app. But like, I, I do think about like, well, what's let's say I meet a girl who's 26. What are her guy friends going to think about me? Yeah. I think it's interesting though, because it's like on one side, because I've definitely, I kind of had that same moment. Like you just said, UA, that you're like, wait, all of a sudden, like I'm X age and I'm single. Like what is going on? How did I get here? But I think at the same time, like I remember talking about this in like therapy and it's like when you're (laughs) in a certain age, like that's where you are at that point in your life. And sometimes I'm like, I just wish I like started dating younger. Like I wish I like had Mm. more like serious situations earlier in my life Mm. and could have gotten over those heartbreaks and moved forward and all of this just done it all a little earlier. So I might not be where I am at this age. But I don't know that it matters because like the right person had to come around or still has to come around regardless of what you've already been through. Yeah. Like and I think maybe that's that person what, just hasn't yet. That's what I was going to say is like my oh, therapist sorry. basically was like, <laughs> listen you, to your therapist. Yeah. Like they were like, she was basically like, you are where you are because you weren't there then. And like your experiences are all building on each other to get you to where you are. So it's like, yeah. it's easier in retrospect to say you wish you did things differently, but like, at that moment, like that wasn't what you wanted to do. You know, I had a really interesting moment when I was 30. I was in New York. I was dating a 25-year-old and a 35-year-old. So <laughs> see, when you're 30, you can date that whole range, right? So yeah. I was dating someone who was um, sort of like two years out of college, starting out <laughs> his career, and someone who was a very established uh, sports anchor in New York. And it was so different because the older guy would take me to these fancy dinners and we would have leftovers and I save it for the younger guy because oh I knew God. he was so broke, <laughs> you know, just paying it forward. What is that character that helps poor people? Wait, what was Robin it? Hood. <laughs> the Robin, Robin Hood. Hooding. I was Robin Hooding. Oh, that should be a good dating term. Yeah. But I remember at one point the older guy and the younger guy came to me and said, do you want a monogamous relationship? Do you want to be exclusive? And they both wanted me to decide. 
And I had a moment, I was sitting with my girlfriends and I was like, I don't know if I want, I'm ready to choose a 35 year old who's so ready for marriage and kids or this 25 year old who's just trying to figure out himself and super fun. And who do you think I chose? The 25 year old. Yes, I did. So when I look back on that moment, I chose this life. I chose to go that kind of younger route and still trying to find myself. So I don't have, obviously we shouldn't have any regrets, but I look back on that moment and I say, wow, I, I purposefully chose that Yeah, but I think you probably just weren't ready at that point, or he wasn't the right person, one of those two things. Yeah, well. And and with the older guy, if you're not ready and you can see this actually being something, that could have been scary. Or if he wasn't the right person, you're like, this might actually happen. Or the younger guy, even Mm. if you didn't think he was the right person, you're probably like, nothing's actually going to happen. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I can see it's that. It's an awesome storyline. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Write it into yours. <laughs> Those are the two uh, extremes that you have. It's, it is interesting, though, like what advice you would give your younger self dating. Yeah. What would you say to your younger self, Brad? I would tell myself to relax and like – Yeah. Uh, so how first off, how young are we talking? Like let's say 25. Actually, I think 25-year-old Brad like sort of had it figured out and I kind of wish he had it. What would you give to 31-year-old Brad? (laughs) 21-year-old Brad, I would tell like cut all the blonde out of your hair and – Why? You had blonde hair. (laughs) I bleached my hair a few times in college. I think that's a good – Huge mistake. But it's it's Detroit. Everyone does it. You know what though? I think that's a good point though is because like we're saying in retrospect, oh, in my 20s I would have dated more or something like that. But you could be dating all the time and have super serious relationships. You could get married and you could end up in the Mm -hmm. same place. And like you just never know with life any time of your stage, like people that are happily married now, in theory, could be having a divorce party and being re-entered into the singles market yes. for the very first time. So like you just, that's I just guess life. You, yeah, I guess you just can never, like it goes back to like, would you have stared at a different way? I guess like you just can't look at it that way. I, I remember having a conversation with our friend Melissa about that movie Sliding Doors. And she, she only remembered the beginning of the movie where she had you know, two different lives that, yeah. that could have happened. But I only remember the end of that movie where she ended up in the same position, yeah. regardless of the storyline. So you kind of just, right. you're just supposed to be on whatever path that you're supposed to be on. And then you just end up where you're supposed to be. But I do have to say in my twenties, although I think all of us were trying to explore and being open-minded and, and seeing what's out there, I felt like I knew everything. Like I mm. felt invincible. I felt like I had my shit together. I thought I had my life planned out. I don't know if you guys felt that way. No. No? <laughs> when I was in college, I was dating someone from like the first day of orientation through the beginning of senior year. And I thought for sure she and I would be married by – we'd stay together. <laughs> we'd be married at 26, have kids, the whole thing. And then, of course, by the time I got to senior I was like – Oh, that was not, that's not on the table anymore. Nope, Um, not so much. I'm just the type of person though that never think, I can't think more than like a couple months in the future. Mm -hmm. Like I have a hard time like thinking far in advance and I think that's a blessing and a curse. Well, where do you think that comes from? 
Where does that come from? Ooh, you're psychoanalyzing <laughs> me now. I'm just kidding. Therapy well, session. I, I don't know where that comes from. And I actually, I did talk about this with my therapist too. Because I remember like I was deciding whether I should like get back together with an ex-boyfriend. And a friend of mine was like, well, what do you want your life to look like in five years? And how does he fit into it? And I was like, I have yeah. no idea. I'm like, I, I know honestly, what I'm having for dinner. Yeah, I'm like, I have no idea. And then like, I remember bringing it up to my therapist and her saying like, that's not always a bad thing because like you literally literally cannot plan out the next five years of your life like even if try to like it's just not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen the pro is that you're not like setting yourself up for disappointment either but then Mm. the con is again like if you do have something that you want to work towards it helps you at least have like a line of vision so I don't know what the right answer is but that's how I operate and I've kind of just learned to accept that and yeah for better or for worse I guess I can say to your question earlier, no, I've never thought like at a certain <laughs> point, like this is how my life is. Cause I'm just like never thinking like that. I just had a weird thought. So a, a minute ago you asked, uh, you know, what advice would you give your younger self? And then I think about like what might change had I taken some advice that my mm-hmm. older self would give my younger self. But then I like, I have this like little bit of anxiety where I'm like, Oh, but then I wouldn't have experienced this cool thing that happened or this yeah. cool thing that happened. And like, yeah. maybe, maybe my life isn't exactly where I want it to be right now, but a lot of dope stuff has happened to me. I wouldn't want to have lost those experiences. I think that is a good way to look at it. And I was going to say the advice I'd give my younger self, I think the one, I guess, I I don't want to use the word regret because I think it did teach me a lot about what I'm looking for in the future. But I did stay in a bad like situation that wasn't a real relationship for far too long. Mm. And it was a situation where the guy flat out was like, I'm not looking for a relationship. And I think the advice I give myself is take someone at face value when they say something. Don't try to think that you're going to change someone because you're just not. That is my probably one area that I'm like, why did I waste like two years with this like Mm. on again, off again situation that was just doomed from the start pretty much. But then on the flip side... I now know what I'll never do again. Right. And I know you had to go through Exactly. It. Like, it's easier to, like, say you'll never do something. But until you know how freaking shitty it feels, like, you're not going to actually really know. For sure. I once I was on a bad date once, and I don't remember what I said to this girl. But she looked at me and said, okay, so this is probably where it ends with us. And uh- I said, Why? And she said, because uh, of whatever I just said, I'm, I'm going to try to remember it before the end of the story. I'm sure I'll fail. Uh, but she was like, whatever, whatever I just said, she was like, people tell you the truth about themselves. And it's the only thing I really remember from the from the date I went out with her. But I, I think about her saying that all the time when people tell you the crappy things about themselves, thinking it's like not a big deal. It's really important to listen to those things. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good segue to some of our takeaways from this entire conversation. Uh, UA, do you have any that you want to kick off? Uh, Takeaways, takeaways. Let me think about this. How about Julie, you start. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to volleyball. I guess uh, there was a, I'll I'll use this as a takeaway, but there was a question that we were going to ask you and I still do want to ask you, but are you ever too old to date given the Mm. name of your podcast? And I think the takeaway I have is no, we're at different places at different times. 
like we were saying earlier, there's really no way to predict the future and there's no way to kind of unwind the past. So I think it's just like taking where you're at at that current state and looking at what you've learned from the past and having maybe not in a agenda like mapped out day by day, year by year future, but at least kind of a vision of what you're looking for and being able to kind of recognize like what meets that and what doesn't. But I think at the end of the day, like you learn from every experience, whether that's getting stood up for a date or just dating nonstop for three years and not having any of these dates come into fruition to actually being with someone that isn't the right person for you to being to someone that is the right person for you. So I think just throughout it all, it's a learning experience. And that's really all we can take from all these experiences. Remind me to ask both of you a question at end of takeaways. But yes, on the similar theme of are you too old to date? I think part of this is because I think we're all really harsh on our younger selves because we always talk about like, I did the stupid thing or I couldn't believe I did this. I couldn't believe I said this. Could we be more loving towards our younger Mm -hmm. self and kind of like high five ourselves for doing some of the things that we are proud of and those accomplishments or getting through heartbreaks or hardships that you didn't think you could get through at that time. Because I think when we're nicer to our memories of our younger selves, then we become nicer to our present selves as well. Totally. Brad, do you have any takeaways? I mean, as we've been talking, I think a lot about the way that I think about memory and time and things that have passed. Um, I, I say a lot that once a once a relationship ends, it sort of it sort of starts to feel like it never happened because memory and and thinking of things in like three dimensions is, is kind of difficult for us to do. So there's actually almost no point in being hard on your past self because in a way there's only present, so the past kind of like didn't even exist. That's maybe a little too much of a scrambled thought, but it's it's very much on my mind as we're talking about about Mm. uh time passing in terms of i got a little a little like uh misty in my chest when you were saying that stuff about showing love to your to your past self and i think maybe like realize that when you were younger and maybe a little more enthusiastic (laughs) you had certain things figured out that you've overthought by now Mm. and and maybe maybe let some of those overthinking moments go because stuff will work itself out one way or the other anyway yeah, I think the other takeaway I have is now when you're in your 30s, use the wisdom that you've learned from your 20s and the wisdom of that. You just know in general of maybe you have a better idea what you'll stand for, what you're looking for, all of that. But I think there's also some of the youthfulness of your 20s of not worrying too much where things go and just like kind of winging it and playing it by air and letting things like naturally unfold that you also don't want to lose in your 30s, especially in a new relationship. Because I think we are too rigid about like, I must see this person X amount of days a week, or I must go on vacation with this person within X amount of months of our relationship. Like all of those rules that we're setting, if someone doesn't meet them exactly, you're like in a way setting yourself up for failure with it, opposed to like working with them and like getting to a place that works for both of you. So Again, like there's something nice about knowing what you're looking for, but it's also extremely limiting. So maybe it's like pick your battles. Like what are the yeah. areas that you're like, I will not sacrifice this. This is a total deal breaker for me versus the other areas that you're like, okay, I'll just see what happens a little more. So here's my question to both of you on this theme of are you too old to date or just age in general, being all three of us in our 30s, what do you think are some of the limiting beliefs Mm. of age and dating? And what are some of the beliefs that are actually 
true. So I'll give you an example. I think a limiting belief is that when you are in your mid-30s, you should have things figured out and you should have a family. That's a limiting belief because if we believe that, then we fall short from that Mm -hmm. standard. But what is an actual truth is by 35, you shouldn't have repeated the same mistakes that you did in your 20s. So I think that's an actual belief. Okay. We're doing each one that we have. Hmm. I'm going to say this one's... is a true and a false, but it's okay. the same one, <laughs> which I don't know if this counts in your situation, in your ex- exercise here. But I think there is a perception the older you get, the smaller the dating pool. Mm, that's a limiting belief. Yep. But I also think we do hear a lot of men. And again, it's not every man because I have heard some, well, maybe this isn't a limited belief because I think the truth part is that there is a biological factor, right? Like mm-hmm. for women, and then you even said it, Brad, like older sperm, right? There is some yeah. of this that actually is biological. However, there are many situations of people having kids well into their 40s. So some of it is a limiting belief that you can't. However, there is an a, a truth that the older you get, the more difficult it gets. Mm-hmm. That's not, I'm not going to say that's not true at all. Kind of another side of it too. And I read this study somewhere now that we are entering relationships for a different purpose, like men are not expected to necessarily be the breadwinner and mm. women aren't necessarily expected to be the home taker or maker? Ca- homemaker <laughs> caretaker. I don't even know anymore because it's no so antiquated. Um, but I think because that's not like the necessary stereotypes that people are actually gravitating to people that are more there in their age range mm. because they see that person as someone better suited to build a life with someone that mm. may be on the same page, like financially, or career-wise or just same like kind of life experiences, all of that. So I guess this is the very long-winded answer to answering your thing. I think the truth, definitely there is some aspect about age. However, I don't think it should be limited because I don't think that all men or all women are looking for someone that is much younger or much older. Mm. Okay. I think a limiting belief is that any of the life cycle events or typical tropes of relationships, marriage, having a family, that any of those things will necessarily make you happy. Mm. And I think that uh, something that is true is that you should be open to those things happening because uh, you, you want someone to take care of you when you're older. And, uh, you know, you, you, you will be alone if you, if you just buy too much into, I can be happy on my own terms. I don't need to think about what culture does. I think that's very true. I, I, my parents live right next to a senior community and I hear that from them all the time. They said the most important thing to have when you're at their age, which is like 60s, 70s is companionship. Yeah, but I would also argue that if that's the o- – I'm not saying that's what you said, this is the only reason, right. but if the only reason you're trying to find someone is so you're not alone when you're old, I don't know if that's necessarily the right approach either because there's no guarantees as we've talked about. Like you could find someone – you could get divorced or God forbid something even worse happens. Right. Like you just never know. Like I've, he- I've had this conversation before too, around having children. It's like, I don't know if I want them now, but maybe in a few years I'll feel differently. Or when I'm older, like 
I want someone to take care of me, but like you can't necessarily do things because of those reasons because like it just might not play out that way. For sure. But by that same sort of, I don't want to say logic, but by that same thinking, you know, you could die tomorrow, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't put money in your retirement account. It's definitely should not be the only reason you do anything is because there will be someone to visit you in the old folks home, but it doesn't hurt to maybe have a contingency plan or maybe have it somewhere in your mind that like, oh, maybe I should be a little bit more open to, to something that um, doesn't seem perfect. This is somewhere that we're all going in yeah, a best I, case scenario. Yeah, I think the, the point there is being open to it. Because right. I think some people may be so dating fatigued by now, they're doing the hashtag single life. So, yep. but, you know, and like just so embracing that so much that they're uh, turning their head to you know, away from people that may be suitable for them. So just being open, being totally. open to different situations yeah. Yeah. is important. Like you can't predict the future, no. but you also, and I think it's like, you shouldn't be limited by age as we're saying, but mm-hmm. you also can't be naive that there isn't a clock that's ticking, right? Like yeah. it, right. it does exist. Again, I don't think you should rule your world by it, but I do think you need to be aware that in five, 10 years, you are not going to be the same age that you are now. Exactly. Right. All right, cool. Well, that was a good discussion. It's good to, you know, I just have to say selfishly for myself, it's good to hear that guys have these similar feelings and thoughts (laughs) about aging. (laughs) Makes me feel much better. (laughs) So that's good. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, no problem. I just think it's crazy if the thought that anyone wouldn't is nuts. I mean, we all look in the mirror and don't recognize ourselves sometime. That's only going to get worse. We're all in it together. Yeah, we're all aging together. (laughs) We'll all be in that senior home together. I know. Well, I already started my Botox, so you guys can be in it together. I will will be a few years behind. Does Botox change if you're in a senior home? It does. I don't think so. You'll just look better in the senior home. You'll still be in there with us. No! Okay, we got got a few more years on this one. We got some time. (laughs) Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks again, Brad. If you guys want to hear his podcast with Mike, it's called Too Old to Date. Yeah? Yep, Yep. nailed it. And the consensus is... Never too old to date. <laughs> I had an uncle who was 98 who was still dating. So it's never good too old. for him. Right? He was getting it. He was, getting, he was dating someone. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, like you come in and out. You could be married. You could be dating again. You yeah. just never know. Yep. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a life. cycle. It's it a just cycle. goes up and down. Right? It's a cycle of life. Okay. Um, and if people want to get in touch with you, Brad, like is there a website that we can refer them to? For sure. You can head to tooldtodate.com um, on Twitter or Instagram, we're at, at too old to date. Uh, your grammar's got to be good to to spell that right. <laughs> and um, and then we're we're uh, you can email us at info at too old to date.com also. Fantastic, Whoa. spoken from the male Carrie Bradshaw himself. <laughs> That's a tough one to take. <laughs> Loving it, right in our storylines. Five thirty-five is happening. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Okay, stay, stay dateable. dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. 
There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Thank you.